With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Older Pain Podcast. It is Friday. It is August 26th. It is 2022. The Joe Beningo Older Pain Podcast, of course, brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. Uh, of course, we'll be there. Don't forget. Uh, Two weeks from tonight, we will be at the Hackensack Brewing Company for our next live podcast. Uh, We'll have John Jastrzemski. We'll have Brian Costello. It should be great. The Hackensack Brewing Company. And, of course, a needed discount tire, Rivervale, New Jersey. And announcing again as we get into the uh, football season, starting in the beginning of the NFL season in a couple weeks, we are very happy to announce that DraftKings will be back with us Again, okay, a couple things here that I I, uh, got a few things that we got to cover here today. First of all, my apologies to the late, great Del Shannon. Uh, uh, I tried, I attempted to sing uh, Runaway prior to uh, doing the uh, the podcast here, and my wife was not happy about it. The high notes were not good, so but I did try. So, in all due respect, and and my apologies to, to the late, great Del Shannon, really one of the underrated great rockers of all time, and Runaway clearly will be when i get done i'm working on my list of the top 100 songs of all time and my you know these are my top 100 now okay this is not you know this is just me and already i got about 55 of them that i wrote down in about 10 minutes and uh, we're gonna probably have about about uh, a thousand of them but runaway will certainly be in the top 100 but my apologies to del shannon also let me apologize I made a mistake, and I do make mistakes. I make a lot of them. Uh, you know, I mean, two big ones that I became a, a Jet and a Met fan. We could start right there. But nevertheless, be that as it may, uh, I made a mistake. I want to apologize to the Yankee fans. When I was talking about the retired numbers, Paul O'Neill got his number retired in all last week. Uh, O'Neill, four world championships with the Yankees. I'm, I had a brain lock. I forgot about 96. He won four championships with the Yankees. And, of course, the one he won in 1990 with the Reds. So five. For Paul O'Neill. And I also want to apologize. Uh, I When I was talking about the retired numbers, I forgot to men- mention Mariano. Mariano Rivera is number 42. Now, we know that number 42 has been retired all over baseball for the late, great Jackie Robinson and all of that, the whole deal. And But Mariano's 42 for Mariano, also retired by the Yankees. So I want to apologize to Mariano, who, you know, I've met on a number of occasions, not only the greatest relief pitcher of all time, but uh, one of the nicest uh, gentlemen that you will ever meet. So I wanted to get my apologies out uh, to the Yankee fans and to uh, Mariano and Paul O'Neill. All right. A little bit of everything today. I, I, the Jets. Let me get to the Jets for a second. H- how about the? How about this absolute disaster of a second-round pick, Denzel Mims? Now the guy stinks. He never. He never plays. He's he's a drop pass, a, a uh, you know, a uh, illegal formation penalty waiting to happen. And this guy is the wants a trade now, a trade. What are you going to get for him? A 14th round draft choice? There's only seven rounds, by the way. I mean, what do you get? He stinks. 
You talk, Let me tell you something. Joe Douglas gets praised for his draft last year. We'll still see what Zach Wilson is. The draft on paper this year looks great. His first draft was an absolute disaster. I mean, let's let, let's tell it like it is. Makai Beckton, need I say any more, the number one pick that year, his first overall pick for, for Douglas, and his second pick, Denzel Mims, who we traded down to get when he could have had uh, Chase Claypool, <clears throat> who uh, wound up going to Pittsburgh. He could have had him right there. He was sitting there for him. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, Chase Claypool is the second coming of John Stallworth here. I get that. But with that said, you know, he, he he's a much better player than Mims. He actually plays, okay? What a disgrace. Mims wants a trade. Just get rid of – you know what? You're not getting – what are you getting for him? A bag – like I said, a 14th-round draft choice when there's only seven rounds in the draft? Give me a break. Just get him out. Get rid of him. Cut bait with this guy. He's an absolute disaster. I, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. And he has the nerve to be asking. He's telling his agent, ask, get me out of here. I need a trade. Oh my, what a disgrace. As far as as far as the Jets are concerned as well, my buddy, my buddy, uh, uh, what's his name in Brooklyn? Audie in Brooklyn. Sorry, Audie, I'm saying what's his name. Oh, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people in Brooklyn. What do you want me to tell you? Neil Diamond's from Brooklyn, Barbara Streisand, you know, Bernard King. Anyway, be that as it may, okay? Not that I really know all them. I have met Bernard. Sorry, Audie. But Audie in Brooklyn calls me yesterday. He didn't return. You don't, you don't return my call now, Audie? What's, what the hell's going on? What's with you? Anyway, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'm not offended. You know, okay, I'll live. I'll find a way. Anyway, Audie in Brooklyn calls me. He says, would you sign? He leaves a message. Doesn't call me back. He, he Would you sign for the Jets going to the playoffs with Joe Flacco as the quarterback all year? Are you kidding me? I, I, I'll, I'll sign it in blood. <laughs> of course. You tell me that Joe Flacco is going to be the Jet quarterback all year and we're getting into the playoffs. Let's say we go 10 and 7, 11 and, dare I say, 11 and 6. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm signing for that. That's a no freaking brainer. Please. Joe Flacco gets us to the playoffs. We win 10, 11 games. Uh, fine. And, and, you know, and that does, and to me anyway, and I understand it's a different world now in the NFL with the quarterbacks and all of that, you know, because you're on a four-year deal, your rookie contract, and, you know, the Giants are facing that this year with Jones, Daniel Jones, the last year of his deal, and all that. They want to find out if he's the real deal or not. I doubt, he, I doubt he's going to be the quarterback there next year, but whatever. All right? But, I mean, I thought, so let's say Flacco played all year and he plays great, right? Leads the Jets to the playoffs. It's not, not, it's not inconceivable. Joe Flacco is still a pretty good quarterback. You put him on a good team, he can win games for you. All right? And this Jet team is a much, at least on paper, is a majorly improved team than it was last year. You know, that doesn't mean Wilson is done. You know, what if he had to sit out the year and watch Flacco and then comes back next year and is ready to go and he's better than he could possibly be? Remember, and I know, again, it's a different world with the rookie contracts and all. But remember this for what it's worth. When the Giants drafted Phil Simms in the first round in 1979, because of injury, uh, because Parcells, you know, lost confidence in him and started Scott Bruner over him for a while, it wasn't until 1984 that Simms became the full-time starting quarterback for the Giants. Drafted in 79, wasn't until five years later he becomes the full-time starter. So, you know, and I understand it's a different world. <clears throat> I get it with the rookie contract. Got to pay the guy. Got to do this. The clock is ticking. Yada, yada, do, do, do. If you're telling me right now that the Jets will win 10, 11 games 
and make the playoffs with Joe Flacco at quarterback all year, I am down. Signing it right now. I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna, I, I bleed easily. You should see what happened to my foot the other day at MetLife. Ah, the pain. We won't even get into that. I would sign in blood for Flacco to take my team to the playoffs this year. And what happens, let's just say this, because I feel much better. I got to tell you this. I feel much better about this opening game against the Ravens with Flacco being my quarterback than I do with Zach. I, I got to say that. So what if Flacco, let's say they beat the Ravens with Flacco, and you know he's going to be motivated to beat his old team. Let's say they, Let's say they beat the Ravens with Flacco. Let's say they beat the Browns the week after that with Flacco, and now Zach's ready to come back against the Bengals week three. Do you put him back? Does he come back? Does Wilson play automatically? Just because we're going to justify the number one pick? Ah, uh, that's going to I, – I, let's hope that that scenario is that happens. I can only pray that they're 2-0 to start the year, and we got a quarterback controversy. I'm, I'm, let's go. But I, I absolutely would I sign for Joe Flacco playing all year and the Jets making the playoffs. It's not even a thought. So let's 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 get that out of the way right now. All right. Next up, just want to comment on the passing of the great Hall of Fame quarterback, the late Lenny Dawson. He passed away last week, or a couple of days ago, this week actually, at the age of 87. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl four with that great Chief team, that great 1969 Super Bowl World Champion Chief team that chopped up the Vikings 23-7 in Super Bowl four. Uh Remember, Dawson also uh, uh, took them to the uh, Super Bowl, uh, the first Super Bowl one, when they lost to Lombardi and the Packers 35-10, to beat the Bills in the AFL title game in 66, and then lost uh, in that uh, Super Bowl one, as I said, to Green Bay. Great quarterback, tremendous. You know, what else can you say about Dawson? Uh, great leader, accurate passer. And that Chief team is one of the great – that 1969 Kansas City Chief team is one of the great – Team, NFL teams of all time. One of the great pro football teams of all time. I mean, they were unbelievable. Uh, you look at that, and, and Dawson was great, no doubt about it. And they had guys on offense, Otis Taylor, Mike Garrett, you know, guys like that. Uh, Robert Holmes, you know, they had guys. Fred Arbanis, the tight end, terrific offensive line, led by E.J. Hollibut Center and all of that stuff. Obviously, Hank Scram, the coach. But their defense is one of the greatest defenses ever, the 69 Chiefs. Just look at how many Hall of Famers they have on that defense. Buck Buchanan, Curly Culp, Willie Lanier, Bobby Bell, Emmett Thomas, Johnny Robinson. That's six right there. Six six of their def starting defensive players in the Hall of Fame. That's one of the great defensive teams of all time. Doesn't get enough credit for it. Uh, they beat the, uh, the Jets. In a, in the divisional playoff game at at Shea Stadium, thirteen to six, I'm still still trying to recover from that game, and the Jets have really never recovered. I don't want to get all into that. And then they beat the Raiders in Oakland, seventeen seven, beat up Daryl Lamonic in that game, knocked them out, and uh, onto the uh, Super Bowl where they beat up uh, the Chiefs twenty three to seven. So the passing of the great Lenny Dawson. Not only was he a great quarterback, legendary broadcaster. Uh, did games on NBC for a long time as a color analyst. Of course, uh, did the uh, the great Inside the NFL show on HBO with the, uh, another uh, late great uh, NFL player, Nick Bonacani, the great Miami Dolphin Hall of Fame linebacker. So uh, Lenny Dawson, again, one of the all-time greats, 87 years old, and uh, he will be missed. All right. Joe Beningo, the Ode to Pain podcast. It is a uh, Friday. 
Uh, it is uh, August, uh, whatever date it is, 26th of uh, 2022. Let me bring my sponsor in here again, Hackensack Brewing Company. And uh, again, two weeks from tonight, we will be doing our next live podcast from the Brewing Company. My good buddy, JJ, John Jastrzemski will be with me. Brian Costello, who covers the Jets for the New York Post, uh, will join us as well. It is also my uh, one-year anniversary of doing the podcast show. Uh, they're going to reveal the new Oda Payne beer. That should be interesting. Uh, really should be a terrific, uh, terrific time. Everybody over there, Mike Jones and TJ and Herb and Andre and everybody. And you know the deal on the Brewing Company, located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, uh, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack. Uh, you can check out the tap room. It's open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, New Jersey. Check it out. Uh, you know, go to – it's a great venue to go to. It's a great venue for the podcast. We're really looking forward to it again. So uh, join us uh, two weeks from tonight at the Hackensack Brewing Company for our next live Oh The Pain podcast. All right. As uh, continuing to move on here, Mets-Yankees yesterday. You know, Mets win this game last night, bounce back after the two straight losses to the Yankees, two especially disappointing the game on Tuesday night. The second game of the the two-game series, they lost both games 4-2. to But that game really got me, really, really aggravated the hell out of me. You know, the Mets left a million guys on in that game. The game ends with Lindor uh, flying out with the bases loaded against Wandy Peralta. They had a runner thrown out at the plate in that game, Brett Beatty. I think it's time for Beatty to go back down to the minor leagues again. I think he needs more seasoning. Looks like Escobar might be ready to play today. So that's probably what's going to happen. Beatty definitely looks – he's pretty much been an automatic out ever since he hit that home run, his first ever uh, met at bat uh, in Atlanta. So hopefully Escobar uh, will be back. But, you know, he lost that game. It looks like I said, a million guys on. Pete Alonso dropped a pop-up that cost him a run in that Yankee second Yankee game. And it really looked like it's right of the ship for the Yankees, who have now won four in a row. You know, they, they had that big win with Ben Attendee hitting the home run on Sunday, last Sunday against Toronto. They won the two games against the uh, the Mets. And then they beat up the lousy Oakland A's last night in Oakland as they start a West Coast trip, 13-4, to four, the final in that game behind Jamison Tyon. Uh, Jeff Donaldson had a big game. So uh, Trevino had a big game as well. So the Yankees uh, now with four straight wins. And the Yankees, let's, the Yankees are winning the division. I mean, let's be honest. They got an eight, nine game lead, whatever it is in the AL East. You know, as bad a stretch as they they had, you know, July and, and into August, you know, they, they're winning the division and they're winning it easily. It's all going to have, it's all going to come down to what they do in the playoffs. It doesn't look like they're going to have a better record than Houston, which, you know, may come back to bite them if they got to play Houston in the ALCS, which all signs point to they probably will. And a seventh game, of course, then would be in Houston uh, against the Astros. But, you know, the Yankees are in good position right now. You know, they really are. I mean, and Ben Attendee started to hit. Uh, that's going to turn out to be a tremendous trade for them. I don't think there's any any question about it. Also, last night, they got Giancarlo came back last night, got a base hit, drove in a couple runs. You know, so they, the Yankees certainly missed him. Giancarlo Stanton, they certainly missed him for the amount of time that, uh, that he was out. So uh, he's back now and uh, you know that's a good thing for the Yankees and he'll be uh, doing his thing uh, for them now as well. But bad news yesterday they get Stanton back and they lose Nesta Cortez, who to me has been their best starting pitcher this year, their most consistent starter. He goes on what is it the 10 day IL? It's not the DL anymore now it's the IL. 
So he goes on the uh, 10-day IL, and that's a hit for the Yankees. So they're going to lose Cortez. Uh, what do you have, groin tightness, I think it was? I'm not sure exactly what the injury was, but uh, Nesta Cortez goes uh, on the IL for uh, a 10-day period of time. But the Yankees riding the ship, four straight wins now. They got three more against Oakland uh, out in Oakland, then they play the uh, Angels out in Anaheim after that. So they can fatten up against uh, two of the bottom feeders in the American League here. Uh, it's always tough on the West Coast, but a good start yesterday. The Yankees winning that game 13-4. to Now the Mets bounce back, as I mentioned, they win last night. They beat the Rockies 3-1 behind DeGrom. A couple things here. Again, the Mets left a, left a, left a ton of guys on base last night. Again, you know, they get the uh, the big two-run home run from Pete Alonzo. Finally, it seems like he hadn't hit a home run in months. Uh, hit a big two-run home run on a 3-0 pitch last night to give the Mets at that point a uh, 3-0 lead. 31 home runs now for Pete. He's got 104 RBIs. Uh, and hopefully this is going to get him rolling. He actually had two hits. His last two times up in the uh, game against the Yankees Tuesday, got a base hit his first time up yesterday, and then hit the home run after that. So maybe, uh, you know, Pete starting to uh, get it rolling again now. Uh, we can only hope. But they win 3-1. DeGrom, six innings of run, one run ball. Is this, is this guy, and he pitched fine last night. He had that one little glitch in the fifth inning when he got out of a second and third one-out situation. Uh, without giving up a run, he gave up that bomb of a home run in the sixth inning to that guy, McMahon, uh, to make it a 3-1 game. That's the way the game ended. But can can DeGrom – see, this is, again, what makes me nuts. Six innings, got to get him out of the game. 85 pitches. When is this guy going to be allowed to throw 100 pitches? When he's pitching for Atlanta next year? Or he's pitching for the Dodgers next year? Or maybe the Yankees next year? Who knows? You know, when he's when he takes off, because I don't see how he's coming. I don't I don't think there's any way he's coming back to the Mets. I just don't. You know, he's already decided he's opting out. Great. Okay. Great. Just help me win a World Series this year and then you can go. All right. But when are we gonna see this guy throw a hundred damn pitches in a game? Can we see it, Buck? I love you, Buck. Can we see it? When? And then you gotta you know, he comes out of the game. It's so typical. You know, they got it done last night. He comes out of the game, they're up three to one. He only pitches six, and then you got to cross your fingers that the bullpen gets it done. Lugo almost blew it in the seventh inning, all right? He gets out of a bases-loaded situation, so, you know, he survives that inning. And then then Buck brings Edwin Diaz in in the eighth inning. Now, he's done that a few times this year when the bigger hitters are up in the eighth inning as opposed to the ninth inning. Diaz comes in, gets the first two guys out on, like, four pitches, and then he walks the next guy, then he gives up a base hit, he eventually gets out of the inning as well. I mean, was it Charlie Blackman? I think we got Charlie Blackman on the ground out to end the inning. Great. Okay. But he struggled a little bit. He gets out of it. And then you really now, because it looked like you might see Diaz for the ninth inning, but, you know, especially when he got the first two guys out on four pitches, but then he walks a guy, gives up a hit. So that killed him coming back in the ninth, but he does get out of the inning 3 1. And then you really hold, you know, you're really crossing your fingers because here comes the immortal Adam Adovino in to close the game out. And he actually went one, two, three, stunningly. One, two, three in the ninth inning to end the game. But, the, you know, great. We win. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. They got a two-game lead now over the Braves. The Braves did not play last night. My wife's laughing at something. Is there something important that you got to smile at? Oh, you're smiling at me? My wife's smiling at me. Okay. There you go. I thought maybe something was going on. I don't know. Who knows? I thought Joe Douglas admitted that his first draft was a disaster. 
I thought maybe you saw that online. You know, Joe, maybe you could like, you know, Joe, can you just come out and admit? If, if I and my my buddy, my my old my old partner, soon to be my partner again when we start the shows on Saturday on the fan, that's coming up uh, two weeks from tomorrow as well. So you want to check that. Evan and I back together on a Saturday, 10 to 2 on the fan. All right. So you want to catch that. But Evan is out. I guess, Evan and Carton, I guess, are out there at Jet Camp today. Maybe Evan, if they get Joe, I doubt they'll get Joe Douglas on. You know, they'll be lucky if they get the uh, assistant trainer on, you know. But anyway, be that as it may, <laughs> Evan should ask Joe Douglas, Joe, are you ready to admit now that your first draft was an absolute disaster? Really? Between Mackay Becton, Denzel Mims, and Ashton Davis, it was an absolute disaster. So I thought that's what my wife was saying to me, but that wasn't what it is. No. All right. So anyway, I lost my train of thought. Well, getting back to the Mets, though. Mets now, Braves didn't play yesterday. They wiped out Pittsburgh. They swept them three games in Pittsburgh. The Braves have lost since the Mets beat them four out of five at City Field now on a couple of weeks, whatever many weeks ago. The Braves have lost two games. Two. One to the Mets, one to the Astros. Not only they lost two games, but the two losses are to two of the best teams in baseball. Really? And they took three out of four from the Mets in Atlanta, two out of three from the Astros in Atlanta. Okay? They never lose. They're two games out now. That's it. Now, they go to St. Louis to play the Cardinals this week, the Red Hawk Cardinals, who beat up the Cubs yesterday. The Cardinals are starting to really make uh, start to run away with the AL Central here. Uh, excuse me, NL Central. They're starting to run away with it. The Cardinals are always dangerous. Goldschmidt's having a big year. Arenado, all of that. How about Jordan Montgomery? Can you, can you tell me this, all right? Why the hell? Did Brian Cashman trade Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, who still hasn't even seen the field yet for the Yankees? I don't think he's playing until September. Still hasn't seen the field. And Montgomery, since he got to the Cardinals, is 4-0 with a 0.35 ERA. He pushed a complete game one hitter the other day. Can you imagine that? Complete game one hitter. Do you think Jordan Montgomery would ever see a complete game as a member of the Yankees? Do you think he ever would do you know, complete game would be five and two-thirds. Let me get him out. How did the Yankees make that trade? But again, it's a testament to the Cardinal organization. You know, the St. Louis, as much as I hate the Cardinals, all right, I can't stand them, all right? You know, if you're a Met fan, you got no love for the Cardinals, the pond scum nonsense back in the 80s, okay? You know, the losing to them in, in the 06 NLCS, we still got pain from that disaster. I hate the Cardinals, okay? Hate them. Hate them. But they may be you when you look at the top organizations in all of baseball, the Cardinals might be number one. They know how to develop pitches. Yadier Molina, you listen to Montgomery, Yadier Molina has been <coughs> unbelievable in turning this guy into what he's done so far. Four and all with a, an ERA under one in St. Louis. And Dave Duncan, the great pitching coach, isn't even there anymore. LaRus and Duncan, those guys used to develop pitches left and right. You send me, send me your weak, your meek, the dregs of the world as a pitcher, and these guys will turn them into Cy Young candidates, and that's and, and they're not even there anymore, Duncan and, and Larusa. But this is typical of what the Cardinals do, and somebody's got to still explain to me how to how the hell the Yankees could possibly trade this young left-hander in Montgomery for Beta. Didn't make sense to me whatsoever. Unbelievable. But getting back to the Mets and the Braves and all of that, Braves were a three-game series in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Can the Cardinals please beat them at least twice here? 
Can they at least win this damn series against Atlanta? Please. And I'm going to say this again. I continue to say it. I will say it. I will say it until I'm proven wrong. The Mets can will not. If the Mets have to win the division, all right. And I understand. And after they play the, the, the they play with three with the Dodgers next week at City. That after that they got an easy schedule. Gets very light. They play Washington. They play Pittsburgh. They play a lot of bad baseball teams. I get it. The Marlins, all of these teams, until they end the season with three against Atlanta which could be in Atlanta, which could be for the division title. Let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope the Mets have it wrapped up by then. Don't count on that. But I don't want – I'm sick and tired of hearing how easy the schedule is, you know, going forward for the Mets. They got to win games, man. They got to win. And that's it. There's no other – because this brave team don't lose. You know, the Mets are 34 games under 500, and I said this before. They're 80 and 46. If they were in any other division in baseball, they'd be running away with it. But they're playing this brave team that's unbelievable. Never loses. Defending world champions. They're only two games up on them. Two in a loss column. Two overall. You know, if the Mets don't win the division, they are not going to the World Series. If they got to go play a two out of three, you know, just think about it. If the Mets have to, have to play in a wild card round, that means they got to win a two out of three series against somebody, maybe the Cardinals, right? Maybe the Cardinals, maybe the Padres. You know, maybe the Phillies. Who knows? You got to play a two out of three crapshoot series there. Then you got to play the division series three out of five. Then you got to win the NLCS four out of seven. And then you got to win the World Series four out of seven. I'm telling you right now, if they don't win the division, they got to avoid that wild card round. It is imperative they win the division. This team has only, only won the division six times in their history since 1962. Imperative they win the division. And I want 100 wins, too. I want 100. Only three Met teams have ever won 100 games. The 69 team won 100 games, won the World Series. The 86 team won 108 games, won the World Series. The 88 team won 100 games and lost in that brutal NLCS loss to the, to the crappy, you know, crap, they're not crappy, but I can't stand them, Dodgers in 88. Those are the three Met teams to win 100. So I want to win 100 games this year. The Mets need to go. They got 36 games left. They got to go 20 and 16 to win 100 games. I think they're going to do that. I hope they better do it. They better win about 105, never mind 100. And they may need to win that many to assure them finishing ahead of the Braves. The Braves might win 100 games too. They have to win the division if they're going to win the even make the World Series. If they got to play that first round two out of three crapshoot, I don't see how they're making it. I think it's going to be almost very, very difficult to do. You know, to beat, let's say, the Cardinals and then beat, let's say, who knows, the Braves and then beat, let's say, the Dodgers, okay? That is a rough road to hoe. You don't want to have to play that first-round crapshoot series, please. But a nice win last night. Maybe someday we'll see Jake DeGrom throw 100 pitches, maybe. would be very nice if he would, okay? Wouldn't you love to see Jake say, like last night, like the Buck when they took him out, wouldn't you love to see Jake say, no, no, I want the seventh inning. Like one time for this guy to say, no, I want the baseball. Nah, he never does that. He never wants to make sure that ERA stays intact. Let's be honest. All right. Joe Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. <clears throat> I need a discount tire. My good buddy, uh, uh, Ari, who does runs a, a great ship over there at Anita. Of course, my son, Johnny, 
who uh, is the uh, sales manager. He runs it. Well, he manages the whole shop. He just runs the show. Ari calls the shots. Johnny runs the whole thing. Go see Ari. Go see Johnny. You need any work done on your tire? You need you need tire. You need uh, any work done on your car? You, any work done on your tire? That too. You need you need uh, work done on your car. You need new tires. Whatever the case may be, check out Anita Discount Tire. It's in Rivervale, New Jersey. It's in on Westwood Avenue. Go see them. Tell them Beningo sent you. You'll be more than happy you did. They'll take care of you. They're great people here. Johnny and Ari, God bless them all. And as I mentioned, starting next well, couple weeks, we will be welcoming back for the second year the people at DraftKings. We really thank them for uh, coming on board again. They're going to sponsor the uh, podcast. And, of course, once we get to the football season, what we'll be doing, we'll do the Monday breakdown of the Sunday games. Of course, I'll be – recapping the jet game i'll also be doing that every monday on the fan with bt and and uh, tiki so you want to check that out every monday on the fan i don't know what time i'll be on there yet but they're on from 10 to 2 but the monday podcast will be breaking down the games from over the weekend and then the friday podcast will basically be previewing the uh weekend's games and then of course we'll be doing our nfl picks we'll still of course continue we'll be continuing to do the baseball as well. All right, Joe Beningo, the O the Pain podcast. One more thing, and I, I just got to say this because it really ticks me off. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, not gonna expound on it. I'm not gonna go too far, much further on it. I really could care less about tennis. Could care less. The U.S. Open's coming up this this weekend. Um, I guess it's started. I don't know if it started already. Whenever it's starting, it started out at uh, uh, what is it, Arthur Ashe Stadium, uh, out in Flushing, right by City Field. And it is absolutely ridiculous that Novak Djokovic, only the greatest, te- you know, top pl- tennis player in the world, is not going to be allowed to play in the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. It, it's absurd. And I don't want to get into the political stuff, but just quickly, you know, you can let two million illegal aliens, illegal uh, immigrants in here. I shouldn't say aliens, illegal immigrants into the country. All right, not unvaccinated. But you can't let Novak Djokovic play in the U.S. Open. Give me a freaking break. What a disgrace. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy all the baseball. Jets and Giants preseason on Sunday. I will talk to you Monday. All the love.